Welcome to The Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you've experienced the loss of someone close to you, Dr. Connie and her guests will share guidance, love, and support to help keep you moving. Now, here is Dr. Connie. Welcome to Widow's Walk for the month of August. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Connie Mariano, and like to welcome you back to our monthly podcast, which is dedicated to widows, who are my girls in the hood, as we like to call it. You know, I look back at my journey over the past four years, and there are times that I feel I have become a widow or a widower magnet. I was at an airport the other day. I was at Seattle Airport. I was waiting for a flight back home, and an elderly, very distinguished, silver-haired gentleman asked me, can I sit beside you? And I said, sure. And then I noticed later his younger wife had decided to sit uh, three, four seats down. I said, well, would she like to sit here? He says, no, no, no. Uh, she can sit there. She's doing her emails. I'll, I'll sit here for a while till my flight. <laughs> so we sat there and he, we struck up a conversation. And I found out that the gentleman beside me was 96 years old and his wife was 84. Then he proceeded to tell me that this was his third wife and that he had been married with her 22 years and he had been a widower twice before marrying his third wife, who was also a widow. So I was fascinated, first of all, how young he looked at 96. He was trim, very fit, full head of hair. He was very sharp. And at one point, I saw him looking down at his iPhone, and he was texting somebody. So I thought, wow, this guy's pretty with it. And I, and I remarked I, how I observed that and that I was a physician and I have several patients who are in their 90s, but he looks really, really good. And, and he felt comfortable to tell me that he was on no medications, that he exercised every day, and that he hoped to live to 100. And I said, I believe you would. I believe you would. At that point, I said, so what is your secret to longevity? He says, well, I stay physically fit. <clears throat> I have a positive attitude towards life. And I always have somebody who loves me who lives with me. So he said when he is, his first and second wives died, he knew he did not want to live or be alone. And he had met his third wife several years before she was in their town and reconnected with her after learning that she had become a widow. So I thought about that. And one of my friends just reminded me that today is International Widower's Day, and that in this country, there are about 400,000 new widowers every year. So men who have lost their wives or their significant others. And one of the statistics that's been quoted is that 61% or higher of widowers remarry. So definitely this gentleman, this 96-year-old gentleman, was among the 61 percenters. And when you look at widows, 16% of them remarry. So I look at that and I go, oh my gosh, look at that. There's a hope for a lot of the widowers out there and for a certain percentage of widows. <laughs> then I look at my really close friends and now over the last four years, my closest friends are widows. In fact, one of my dear friends recently lost a loved one. And I also think of the title and names of widows. Widows traditionally apply to anybody any woman who's lost her husband. But in this day and age with different relationships, with people who are gay, I, I have gay friends who've lost their wives, their partners, 
And I also have friends who have dated men, women who have dated men, who had hoped to marry or would even be considered married, but I call them unwed widows, widows who've not had a wedding, but in a lot of ways their relationships are close and longstanding, that for all intents and purposes, they are really married. So they are my unwed widows. And so one of my friends recently told me that her boyfriend or significant other, or really her, the love of her life, had taken his life about two weeks ago. And this was devastating for her. And she works with a lot of people who have uh, lost loved ones, but it's different when it happens to you. It's sort of like my journey. I, as a physician, I'm often the one to tell someone of a terminal diagnosis or I'm the one who goes into the room of a family that's waiting to hear the outcome of a resuscitation of their family member, only to tell them, sadly, we could not save your spouse, your father, and that they have died. So in my friend's case, she is an unwed widow. She lost her beloved partner and in a way that was unexpected. And she still grieves. She still weeps. And, and she suffers with that. And with that, I, I think of her. And I reach out to her. And a lot of people are, are stunned. They don't know what to say. So they isolate. They don't reach out. And I think as somebody who's lost a loved one, it means a lot when somebody acknowledges my loss because in a lot of ways that honors my love and that memory. Even if you say, listen, I am so sorry for your loss. I, I know how much he meant to you. Uh, those are things that mean a lot to widows and anybody is the fact that you acknowledge that. So I look at the titles we have. I'm a suddenly widow, lost my husband without any warning. There are widows in waiting. There are widow wannabes who wish they were widows, but we don't encourage that. We don't encourage or condone murder or <clears throat> other ways to allow your spouse to pass sooner than God intends. But the widow in waiting is a very special widow who knows her husband's death will someday happen. And it's no surprise when it happens, but in a lot of ways it is. It's perhaps a, a surprise because they thought they'd live a long time. And even when they take care of him, they didn't expect it coming. But in a lot of ways, it's relief and the mourning and the grieving is over a long period of time. And when the death happens, it, it's a finality. So what happens when we becomes me for the widow in waiting who finally goes through life now as a widow? How does life go on? So our special guest in studio is somebody I just love as my widow sister friend who has been on my other Voice America podcast house calls at least twice. So this is her third time on a radio podcast with me and the first time on Widow's Walk. And I met her through my mutual jeweler friend, Hugo Rodriguez of Platella Jewelers in Scottsdale. He did my Valentine's Day show for House Calls this year. And my guest was in Hugo's jewelry store, Platella, in the shopping area where I live. And this was a couple years ago. She noticed my White House doctor memoir sitting on his desk. She told him when she saw it, she says, I need to meet that woman. And Hugo told her, well, you know, she's a widow too. And this was in August of 2021. And my guest today, who met me that way, had just lost her husband that year. So we were meant to meet. 
So my guest today, I'm going to do her brief bio. My special guest in studio is Sandra Mackey. She's a former business owner of an electrical contracting company in Los Angeles, California. And until 2006, Southern California was her home, along with a second home in Salt Lake City. She had lived there until late 2016 when her beloved husband, Mel Mackey, suffered a life-altering stroke that left him permanently paralyzed. So they moved closer to Phoenix area to live close to Mel's two brothers who lived here in Arizona. Sandra was an amazing wife, a business partner. Uh, She'll share a little bit about their relationship with Mel. She was a lot younger. She had gone through trials and tribulations with their marriage and their relationship, which she shared about on my December house calls, where she learned to forgive and love and wound up caring for him until his time of his death in February of 2021. She's a woman of many talents and many interests. Her primary focus has been mentorship and advocacy. In 2012, she took her years of entrepreneurship and customer service expertise to her current management career with American Express. Sandra's got a big heart. She volunteers and remains active in women and children advocacy organizations. And as I mentioned, she lost her beloved Mel in 2021 of February from the long-term effects of his stroke and COVID. But she chooses not to fade into grief, and she's learned a lot this journey. And I look at her as a a fellow sister. She's my little baby sisters, we like to call each other. And she's got so many opportunities to grow and be strong and to really help others. And I love her her life motto, and it's always leave people, people better than you found them. Hug the hurt, kiss the broken, befriend the lost, love the lonely, and and share your dreams. So thank you, thank you, my dear Sandra, for being on my show. Oh, it's such a pleasure and an honor to be here with you, my Connie. You know, we are so blessed to be such good friends. And, you know, very few of us, except our widow friends, know what it's like. And you've lost Mel now two years you married how many years before he passed? Married 27 years. And then he passed away at home and you yes. were there. You take, took care of him till the very end. Yes. When you look back over the last two and a half years, what was the hardest part? Oh, the hardest part was seeing a person who was so full of life, so um, passionate and active physically having to surrender to what he said is his body betraying him. You know, that paralysis left him unable to do anything. He couldn't even go to the bathroom alone. And here's this masculine, proud, you know, strong, manly man that is just so embarrassed that I even have to help him do something like that. But there was also a level of intimacy that bonded between us because he entrusted me with his care. And many times I would kneel And I would say, thank you for letting me have this honor and privilege to fulfill my vow that in sickness and in health, I will love you through this. And he would cry a little bit and he'd say, I wouldn't want anybody else to do it now that we've been doing this for about a year because he was, he truly felt so vulnerable. And and it was a blessing. A lot of people say, oh, it was so nice what you did for him. But it was so equally kind that he allowed me that privilege. Because some people, honestly, maybe listening, they're thinking, oh, God, I couldn't do that for my spouse. But when you're in that moment, you're surprised what your spirit and your 
your mind can rise to. And there are really beautiful gifts that happen in that moment. So I'm very grateful that he trusted me with that. As a loving wife, you fed him, you bathed him, you changed diapers, you you did all those things. He becomes your baby in a lot of ways. You know, your relationship changes. When you look back at him, what memory comes to your mind when you think back Oh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I don't think of, you know, those last six years of taking care of him is definitely not the sum of what I think. I I think of the sparkle in his blue eyes and the passion he had for life and the love that he had for people. That's what made me love him the most. The message that comes through to me among my friends is I can hear my late John saying, don't focus on how I died focus on how I lived, yes. not at the last moments. I never saw a body, never saw him. They just disappeared, you know, yes. took off, came back in a casket. And But you saw your strong man deteriorate over time and to the point where he was totally debilitated until he passed. Yes. And you had that honor to be with him until the very end. But while you were doing that, you were working. I mean, you were in addition to full-time care. What were you doing for work? Oh, well, I I had the privilege of working for a company who supported me and I was remote. And so I was able to be there with him and it worked beautifully. And that's one of the things about my faith. I, I truly believe that God gives you exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. And that was definitely the case. And it was very difficult in the sense that when he did go and I watched the whole process where I saw his body when he left And it was so incredibly amazing because I knew he was gone. Like I looked at the body and it was his body, but his spirit was gone. And I was so happy for him because he was free again. Because our faith tells us that's when we're more alive than we will ever be. But I will tell you the aftermath was so difficult because I wasn't prepared for the silence and the loneliness and just the void of not having that tremendous responsibility just taken away from me so abruptly. That's what it felt Mm -hmm. like. And so I remember staring out the window for hours at a time in the quiet and missing him calling my name to come help him and thinking, what am I going to do now? Like I literally felt like I needed to go work in a in a place where people needed constant help because it had become so ingrained in me as part of my identity. Mm-hmm. I felt lost without it. Yeah, that and was s- you. That was you, the, yes. the dutiful wife, the widow in waiting, caring for your husband. Yes, and my friends became very concerned, which I understand, yeah. because they thought, why doesn't she just take a break? But something happens in you and you adapt to something and you become secure in it. And when it's gone, it feels like a a huge piece of you is gone. You feel lost. You know, one of us, well, we we find out that we all grieve in different ways and different timetables. You and I are similar in that when we're faced with tough times, we react by action. I can't just sit there and and let it happen. I have to do something. And I think you are the same way. Give me something yes. to do. I can't just oh. sit here and bear this. I need to do something productive. And you did. I mean, you you kept working. You didn't quit mm-hmm. work. Uh, you looked around and took care of people around you. Um, you know, did you move your house? Did you? I mean, there was a lot of things that happened. Since yeah. 
Well, I will share this, and this is a little bit of a vulnerable moment. So I will share, um, and we can go into it later, but I did meet somebody shortly after, maybe six, seven months later, and that actually really helped me. It scared me. Mm -hmm. It surprised me. I wasn't looking for it, but it brought a huge sense of comfort to me on a personal level. And the only thing that I'll share is that it was difficult to not impose upon this new person this dutiful need in me to want to take care of that person mm -hmm. and that person very independent and strong. And so I had to pull back and, and learn how to temper that. You know, and what you bring up is something that a lot of widows talk about. Large number of widows like myself, like never again, I'm not going to go through oh. this again. I'll never marry again. I'll forget dating because right. I am, I'm dedicated to the memory. And somebody said, yes, you know, would John have wanted you to be alone? And he said, of course not. I said, of course not. He told me years before he died, we had a conversation about one of us passing. And he said, you need to remarry. And I said, who the heck would I remarry? I met you in my exam room. Not doing that again. Yeah. And nobody can ever take your place. But for you, Mel, did Mel say to you, you should remarry, you should have somebody in your life after he passes? He absolutely did. And it really kind of hurt me when he would do that hurt me in the sense that I wasn't ready to go there in that mental space and talk about going on with somebody else when I was so entrenched in his care. Mm -hmm. But, you know, months before he passed, he said, think about it, Sandra, I was your age when I met you. Oh, wow. And that really resonated yeah. with me. And you were married 30, you know, a long, long time. Yeah, we knew each other 30 years. And yeah. we were married 27, almost 28. And um, yeah, so that that was a difficult thing for me to wrap my mind around. And it was about letting go. And one of the widows said, I don't feel I want I don't want to cheat on my late husband. Yes. And we tell you, you're not cheating on your late husband. Because the you that was his wife is a different person as a widow. You yeah. are a different person. We are all changed as a result of that process. And it's quite, in, you bring up the fact that the behavior that you gave to Mel, you're in that autopilot mode that yes. I, I need to care for everybody else. Right. Right. Yes. And for you to be with somebody who is like, well, I can take care of myself. You know, I yes. can, in fact, I'll take care of you is probably a nice change. Yeah, is probably a really nice change regarding that. Did you date anybody else or this person was introduced to you? I mean, how did you meet this person? Yeah, just this one person came into my life, um, just as a surprise, through a series of events. And I just, I didn't want it at first, I was afraid. I remember the first time they came into my house that I had lived in with my husband. And it felt so strange. You know, I thought, oh, it does, it feels like you're betraying them because it isn't like a switch when they die. It isn't like you say, well, everything that I had, it's gone and I'm wiping the slate clean. Mm -hmm. They're very much integrated and woven into the tapestry of your life. Yeah. And so there's this very strange dance that you do. And I remember even talking to him, going in my closet and saying... To what? Mel? Yes. Yeah, Mel's spirit? Yeah, I'm just thinking, Mel, I have to believe that you see what's going on. And you must have sent him to me. Somehow yeah. you had a discussion with God, <laughs> you yeah. said, because he reminded me in ways of Mel. 
and um, because of the masculinity and the strength mm-hmm. and and he was from a, a similar area in the midwest and so um but then i had you have to be careful you don't want to impose on that person that you're trying to recreate what you had because it's grief is so tricky you're trying to let go of something that you treasure and then you're trying to build something special with a new person and it's very very tricky yeah, because your loved one cannot be replaced. Without no. a doubt, you just move on to somebody else. Did you find yes. your friends who found out? How were they? Did you lose some? If you noticed, you lose some of your friends. Yeah, yeah, because you're seen as a unit. Mm-hmm. You're seen as a couple. You know, it's it's you and this other person for years, and then all of a sudden, you say, "I met somebody else," and I have so much compassion for all of my loved ones, because I think about how tricky it was for me how tricky it must be for them. Every time I see them, they're a reminder of the memory and the life that I once had. So that's what the beauty is in having new relationships, like with you and all of our widow friends, because you see me as the Sandra in the aftermath of what happened. There's no Mel there. There's a memory of Mel. And because it's tough when you run into your married friends that you had been couples with, they're so used to Sandra and Mel, the we that Sandra separately, you're always the odd woman out. Right. And then other wives don't want you around a lot of times. You're, you always are the odd, or they keep trying to hook you up with somebody. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, I'm not interested. Right. It changes your whole social, I mean, your whole society. It look does. at you as the odd woman out in this. So it makes it a challenge. One of the things I look at too, I look among widows, how long do they wear their wedding rings mm. after their husband's pass? Do you remember how long you wore yours? I still do. You still wear your wedding yes, ring? Yes, yes. Because to me, it's a symbol that reminds me of a beautiful race that we both ran. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. There were times, I talked about it in December, we survived infidelity in our relationship. Yeah, with Mel. Yeah. yeah. And you think about that. I was the one who always said I would never stay in a situation like that. But when you're in that situation and you see the the complexity of it and then the love the love doesn't again grief loss it doesn't take the love away something like that doesn't take the love away it has to evolve and change and so yeah i i just am so grateful for the experience you and all of us that talk we are different because of them you know and it's a beautiful thing but then we have to go forward we do it's important for us yes We're going to take a quick break so we can move forward and we'll do our break and we'll come back on Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie and Sandra Mackey. So stay tuned for more. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who were widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned. 
Joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to The Widow's Walk. Remember to check out the show page on the Voice America website for more episodes. Now, back to Dr. Connie. Welcome back to Widow's Walk and the topic today with my special guest, fellow widow sister Sandra Mackey is Life Goes On. And we were just sharing that when you lose your spouse, we all grieve in different timetables, different ways. Sandra and I each grieve by just working away, keep keep working. But we also look at life afterwards in terms of relationships and how relationships change because you've changed. I've changed. Yes. You've been a widow now two years. I've been a widow four years. And you described to me on the break about memories, what was, what was tough about going back to places. Can you share about oh, that, going yes. back to Utah? I would love that. You know, I was deathly afraid to go back to Utah. We had a, a beautiful life there. Um, there was so much there that was good. And, you know, there were things that we did together that brought us closer together. We loved fly fishing. Um, like we talked to Georgia about that before because she loves fly fishing, another widow friend of ours. And so I avoided it like the plague. And he had his stroke there in late 2015. And we left, as you mentioned, to come to Phoenix. And I had never been back there after his passing. And then I had a friend who developed a very um, unique kind of cancer, and I found out that she was getting ready to pass, and it propelled me. I, I had to go. And so I jumped in the car, and I drove out, and the whole way my stomach was in knots, and I was stressed. And then I began to get closer as I passed through St. George, and I could almost hear Mel's voice say, you know what, just open your heart. It's going to be fine. And the closer I got into the valley, the more I felt joy that I didn't even expect to feel. I could literally imagine him happier than I had ever seen him. And this sounds so crazy, but to maybe some of the listeners, I I imagined him instead of having to drive through the valley and the different canyons to get to the fly fishing places, I imagined him flying there. He was. Yes. And I said, look (laughs) at this. Angel wings. Yes. And he used to want to always have a helicopter drop him at the top of one of the mountains there to ski off the top. And I thought he was crazy. I imagined him doing all of that. And I said, you know what? This place has a lot more joy than it holds stress and sadness. And that was one of the best trips. And it helped me heal. And as I went back to friends who knew us through those times, it kept healing me. And even my friend, 
she was one of the first people that came to visit him after his stroke. And so it was very healing. And so I encourage anybody listening, sometimes when you're ready, facing those fears can be surprising gifts where you feel like your whole life went down in flames, but you can truly rise from the ashes in a beautiful way. Yeah, Phoenix rising from the ashes. Yes. It's interesting, the things we feared, for me, it's like reliving, Mm. Uh, going back to where I used to live, where we used to live in that development, or going... I mean, you mentioned Utah. John died in Utah. He died in Nephi, Utah. And I had to go back to Utah about two years after he died to speak at a women's event in Park City. And it was so painful. I was dreading it. And when I got there, I flew in. The airport was different. It was Mm post-pandemic. And the airport changed. So it wasn't at the airport where I had flown out of back to Phoenix after he died, where I had sobbed all that way. It was a totally different airport. And it was a different hotel where I had stayed in Park City. It wasn't close to where he had died. But but it was like, okay, I think I can do it. Um, after he passed, I went back to our place in Colorado. We, we sold that. But it was still painful. I've not been back to Colorado since then. It's just too painful. But even in my neighborhood, I cannot go up to where I used to live. If I go down that way, it's very painful. And part of me says, that girl doesn't live here anymore. That woman, that wife does not live here. And I can hear him say, sweetheart, it's okay. We have memories, but you're different. And you talk about being changed and, and different. How, when you look at Sandra now, how is the Sandra now different from Sandra who was married to Mel two years ago? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked that because I thought about that question. Um, and one of the things I do, and I think I've shared this with you, I make a practice of at least once a month going into a bathroom, closing the door, and looking in the mirror. And I look in my eyes, not to get ready, not to primp and do my hair but to really look into the brown color of my eyes and look back at that person. And before, when I would look at her, when Mel was alive, I saw a life's landscape full of pain, struggle, exhaustion, emotionally, mentally. But when I look in the mirror now, I see somebody that has strength and love and lessons. Those are gifts, right? And I even see a warrior that even though I'm holding life's sword to go on and thrive, that I realize everything is temporary. Like even my work, you know, your work, positions, titles, they're temporary. The way we interact and treat others and ourselves is everything. And so I see myself almost as I I told you, I was looking for somebody to take care of. I found her in the mirror. She's the girl. Yes. Yeah. And it's our turn to have self-care. And that's Mm. what our former spouses would want for us. Everybody who's listening, you are now the one to focus on and you deserve it. You're worth it. You know, and you're right. It is our loved ones would want us to be happy. I ask other widows and I ask patients, what would your what would your husband want for you now? Would my husband want me to be crying every day and miserable and living in the past or he'd want me to move on and be strong? And you brought up the point, there's an old saying that you never really get over it when you lose a loved one, you just get stronger. You get yes. stronger, but you don't want to harden. Your heart is still, always has that special place 
but that part of me is changed. You are totally different who you are. So your relationships will change and the people you are will, will change because it doesn't grow your soul, so to speak, anymore. What helped you get through this these last two years? Oh, my goodness. You know, one of the things that was the most powerful thing for me is my faith. It really was. And my faith gave me gifts like you. It wasn't an accident that we met. Mm -hmm. You have ministered and lifted me up in ways that I can't even describe. Georgia, um, Jerry, um, beautiful Nancy, and all of them. I, I, Susan, you know, you see these women of different ages and different life paths, and you say, wow, look at it. They're doing it. I can do it too. And so that really helped me. And just also the people who knew you before, giving them the compassion and the patience to learn how to accept this change in you as well. It's not easy. I, I just have a friend, oh my goodness, who about three weeks ago lost his partner of 30 years. These two men were like my brothers, and he's still my brother. And I talk to him every day through text, and I tell him things like what we used to say to each other, you know, it's okay to be sad today, but it's also okay to smile. Yeah, It's okay to find new joy. You're not betraying his memory. No. No. So then we pay it forward, right? We There are new widows coming in, widowers, and you say, now it's our turn to help them too. And you feel better. Yes. That I always say, may my pain be somebody's gain, oh. that somebody will benefit and not hurt as much. Because I think a lot of it is the loneliness. I yes. mean, we lost our loved ones and then the pandemic, in the midst of the pandemic, you know, yes. mine happened right after, uh, and then the pandemic hit us, and then yours, you died of COVID. Right. And so of the isolation, to be isolated and mm -hmm. think, it, did that really happen? Did he really die? Or is he yeah. just on a business trip? Right. And who am I? And when you looked in the mirror, who am I? Who is this? And, and it does in a lot of ways, when you're that close to death, you look at your spirituality, you look at your faith. Is there a life after death? I hope so, because oh. I want to see him again. Yes. Right? And we look at that, and I think as a result of losing John, I become more spiritual in the sense I go to church, I grew up Catholic, I go to mass. But it's also the, more than that, I would say. It yeah. is more the spiritual, the spirit, the soul. Because I don't think the soul, the soul has no gender, political affiliation, ethnicity, any particular faith base, but it believes in a higher power. And maybe some people say that's woo-woo, but you know what? It works for me. Works for me that I believe that we're all souls having an earthly journey, that we're meant to find something and, and fulfill our mission to be better people, better souls. And and why did that life come into my life? And why did, you know, we met and it was no accident we met. Yes. And that you healed me as much as I healed you. And then all the fellow widow sisters who have joined us have helped in some way yes. that journey. And we're not done yet. No, we're right? not. We're and just I, getting started. And I think our friends who knew us when we were married or our spouses feel a little threatened because, well, if she's moved on, you know, does Sandra really need me in her life? I, mm. I you know, because Mel's not there anymore. And that's the, right. the thing that, that it's a different version of Sandra is still there, but you've been changed. You have to have been changed oh. in a lot way. And the hope is that you're a better person as, as a result of that person. 
you know, I look at what you did, the bravery and, and the dedication of caring for your husband. Now, I have several widows in waiting who are just struggling caring for their husbands who are providing, they're providing in-home care. What do, what do you advise them as they're caring every day and sort of, in a lot of ways, waiting for them to die, but not wanting them to die? Yeah. How do you get through that? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. But I'm going to be very transparent because I think that is the way to help others. And you have to get through it one day at a time. You cannot look down and say, how am I going to do this another month, another year? Because I really feel if you do that, you miss those moments. You know, there's really beautiful glimpses of the divine when you can really savor each day as a new day. And there are days that you don't even care about that. You're so tired, especially if you're the caregiver. Um, my mother and one of my dear friends would watch me and they said, we don't know how you're doing this, but you know what? I wasn't doing it. I, you talked about spirituality. I know that it was only for the grace of God that I was able to carry on because it is beyond your human ability, but something compels you spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And I am so grateful because now looking back in retrospect, I have the most beautiful memories of sitting there in the morning before I started work, making sure I get up to spend time. We had deep conversations about forgiveness and restorative love between us. There, there wasn't anger. You know, when he passed, there was peace and reconciliation. If he would have died in an instant and I didn't get that back, that would be more devastating mm -hmm. to me. So now when I, when I see somebody smile at me in the grocery store or I hear a song, or I, I, I smell something that reminds me of him, I have a smile on my face more so now than tears, because when he lived, we loved greatly. And that's a beautiful gift. Yeah. It is not beautiful that, that you honor that memory of that love. And it's still there. Love never dies. That, that always remains. You know, you're young. You've got, God willing, another 30, 40 more years of life. What do you see? What do you, what do you, what do you want to see happen? Oh my goodness. You know, it's, it's funny that you asked me that because I ask myself that and I'm almost honestly afraid sometimes to think that way. But when I really remove the fear from that, I see, um, I love my work because it allows me to have a passion to serve others. And I love how I uniquely fit into the organization where it is about human care. Um, and I see myself continuing in that, but I, I definitely want to travel more now because we used to travel all the time and I miss that. I want to travel, but I really want to start helping other women, especially in the way of women who don't have hope when they have a, a child that's surprisingly, you know, they or surprise pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I talked to you a little bit about that. And so I have a passion for that. And I would like to get more heavily involved in that again, because I, I feel for that. That's my burden in my heart. Yeah. You know, I look at widows and they outlive their, their spouses by at least 10 to 12 years. And the majority of them are philanthropic. They have nonprofits, they find something of passion that goes on. They also continue to spend time with their children, their friends, their grandchildren. And there's a reason you go on in your life. It's, 
you go from we to me and you look and like you look in the mirror, who's me? Who is this woman I'm looking at? How has mm. she changed now that she is was a wife, but she is a widow? And I always look at one of the, the subsequent shows will be talking about widows who move on. And I don't know what they call widows who remarry, because you're always a widow in the sense that you were a widow of Mel, and I was a widow of Jock. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get my widow, widower couple who are 86 and 90 years old to come on. But you are different. Your choices are different, like in your who you date afterwards, because you, you see life differently and your needs yes. are different, right? And yes. You will still miss him, but you make different decisions because you're a different person now as yeah. you as you make that choice. So when you look ahead, any final words to the widows who are listening out there? Hmm. You know, I would just share that it's okay to feel stuck sometimes. That's one thing I noticed about myself is I, because I'm a person of action and vision and I want to kind of have a plan mapped out. I told myself, you know what? I don't think you can do that with grief. I think if you wake up and today you want to cry, cry. Mm -hmm. If today you don't want to cry and you actually want to go and be with friends mm -hmm. and smile, that's okay too. Give yourself the same love and tender care that you gave to your spouse when they were alive. And that will work wonders for you because like I said, you deserve to care for that person looking back at you in that mirror. I think that was the best advice I've heard in a long time is that there, there tends to also be that guilt, right? Yes. He's dead and I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah. And I think a lot of us need to get over that because yes. he would want you to be joyful. Yes. And the word I can hear from John is silly girl. I'm always with you in you, around you, beside you. And I would want you to be joyful and productive and purposeful. And you, you have taught, you know, we look in our journey and it is a lot of the spirituality and believing that love never dies and our husbands are always with us. Yeah. But then our lives need to move on that we are the best we can be. Yes. And if, you're, if there is ever to be a we again, the new we, you and your next partner, you will bring into that relationship a different type of Sandra. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is how can this person help me be the best I can be? And parts of you now are Mel. The, the parts that he changed in you when you married in the person, how he impacted you, you're different completely from the time you married in, until now. And then you look at that and, and how you open it. Also to find joy and love again isn't selfish. No. It's self-love. Yes. And that's what you would want, that that you you embrace life. And there are days, I tell what is, you're going to feel like, I call it the tsunami of tears, like a song, a scent, some memory bubbles up. Yes. And you'll say, oh, you're always with me. I'll see a license plate. I'll see a number, yes. a particular song. And there you start weeping. Yes. And that's okay. It is. There's no timetable. Nobody ever says, well, you should be over it by now. Nobody don't ever no. tell widow that. No. You know, and there's some who can recover in six months. I, I have widowers. Uh, and again, we will probably do a show with widowers who remarry in eight months, you know, mm -hmm. and that's their decision. There's no timetable. No. You know, it's how you are and, and what you choose and, and what's, what brings joy to your soul. 
That's right. What else did you learn about widowhood? Oh, well, you know what? I I wondered if I would ever laugh again. Yeah. And you know what? That's one thing that I love about the guy that I met. You know, um, he said something to me recently. He said, you know, in the last six months, I have never heard you laugh so much. And I love it. And I said, you know, I went and I thought to myself, he's right. I, for a while, I thought I don't have a right to laugh because that's disrespectful in a way. And now when I laugh, sometimes I even remember how Mel would laugh. He would laugh uncontrollably. And I thought, yeah, you know what? He would want me to laugh again. Mm -hmm. And so I make sure every day I, I let myself be happy because that's also a part of healing. You know, there's this beautiful verse in the Bible that even says laughter is like a good medicine. Yes. And you being a doctor, you probably it's know the best. that. <laughs> yes. It's the best medicine. I yes. tell women who are looking for a partner, you make sure he makes you laugh. Yes. You know, he, you make sure because laughter, you, you release endorphins, you the feel good hormone and oxytocin, serotonin, all those good hormones. But the fact that you can let go and share a yes. great laugh you can't make you laugh. Don't don't date them. Oh, I'm, it's like gut aching, deep mm-hmm. laughing to the point where I have to run to the bathroom and I might lose myself because it's just so funny. And, yeah. and I love that. That has been so healing for me. And that's life's beautiful gift. So I'm grateful for that. You know, I look back at our journey and it's, doesn't it strike you that to meet the one you're with, Mel had to die for you to meet him. Yeah. And I, I look at one of my our fellow widow friends who is found somebody after seven years of being a widow, and hopefully they'll come on my show. I think I'll invite them on my show this this winter when they're in town. But they, she hasn't announced it yet to her members of her family, but he's announcing it that they just met ten weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for her. But yes. she's been a widow seven years, and he's been a widow a year. And he, he knows, he says, I'm marrying her. And I said, well, wow. great, because she, she's, she's a, a, a gem. Yes. But there's no timetable. No. And, but when you look at that, you would want your widow friends to find joy, that they be joyful and love and they carry on. But I always think, are you the best person you can be when you're yeah. with this person? And if you are, then you've got the right person. Yes. Uh, as you get older, and a lot of them do that, it, it isn't necessary sex or passion anymore. Right. Because the amount of time you spend together is really companionship. Yes. Can you be a companion? Can you communicate? Can you spend silent moments together? Yes. So looking at love and marriage and relationships totally takes a different look at everything. It, does. it changes it definitely who you does. are and what and, you're looking for. And it should. It should change and be different. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, we could keep talking all day, but we're not. We're coming to the end of our show, Sandra. And, you know, I'm going to ask you to come back later, later in the year when we have the other widows on board. But I want to thank you for your love mm-hmm. and support and your joy. And throughout this, you've always texted me and checking in with me and all the other widows. We check in with each other. Yes. And even a simple text like thinking about you today, sending love and kisses and yes. from your widow friends. It, it's it's your sister. It is a sisterhood. It is. And that you have to make the promise that if you decide to move on and marry somebody, that you don't forget your fellow widows. That's right. You know, I don't know what they call a widow who remarries. I don't think you graduate. You're still Mel's widow and I'm still John's widow. But yeah. you just, you move forward in life and... 
my my friend who met somebody says we call them W I N when uh, <laughs> W I L widows in love. So mm-hmm. I guess they're called you can be a widow in love, and yeah. and I guess that's what our our husbands want us to do is to find love, yes. because they love us and they continue to do so. But it but it does go back to your spirituality with that, because to be that intimately related and connected through death. Death doesn't sever your bonds. Death doesn't end your love. No. It just changes form. Absolutely. And it changes you. Yes. Well, with that, we're going to sign off on House Calls this month with Dr. Connie and Sandra Mackey. And to our widow sisters out there, we send you our love and our hope that you would move on in life and continue to honor your loved one, but also embrace the new me. And to our widowers and to anybody out there who's grieving with loss, just know that your loved one is at peace and sending you love through us. So with that, we wish you a wonderful month and we'll meet with you next year on the Widow's Walk. Actually, next month on the Widow's Walk. So take care and be joyful. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. We hope you've gained some peace and maybe even a glimmer of hope as you continue to move forward in your life. Until we talk again, have a beautiful day.